Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure it out. <laughs> and we are back. Don't be an idiot. Uh, my name is Jake. I got Caleb over here with me, and we are here for the next rendition, the next earth-shattering mm. conversation. Yes. We're going to blow your mind today. This may blow people's minds. Oh, yes, yes. So we're just going to say, like, Caleb's going to go today. Caleb's, yeah, I'm, Caleb's I'm fired feeling up. it today. Um, you know, sometimes we take turns like who's going to be the heavy in the conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm normally always the heavy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. just a fat joke. Um, but it's the word nice is going to. Yeah. If, if you I'm, use I'm the triggered. word nice, I'm if triggered. you're if you're a nice person. Mm. Uh, but isn't it a nice day, Caleb, to uh, talk about all of these things? You know what? Yeah. Hey, so. Yeah, so what, what what are we doing here? What what are we talking about, Caleb? Dude, it's it's this whole movement, movement. of be nice. It's it's a be nice movement in our culture. And uh what we say this all the time and you see hashtag be nice and and uh there's a sign in our town that says be nice and there's all these uh movements I see around t-shirts and and wristbands and hashtags. But what are we actually talking about and what are we meaning when we say be nice? Uh so just giving the literal dictionary definition to define nice dictionary.com says pleasing, agreeable, delightful, all good things. Sure. Maybe. But are they a virtue? Is this something agreeableness, delightfulness, pleasing? Is that, is that something we should be lifting up as a culture and saying this, this is what we should be all about. And I've observed, and, and I can reinforce this, but th- this is, uh, I've seen be nice, hashtag be nice specifically, used in three different ways. The first uh, it w- was in, in this conversation, it really rose to prominence for me as I n- observed this around uh, COVID. Okay. And this whole, hey, stay inside, wear a mask, hashtag be nice care about everybody else around you and uh is protecting the innocent a, a big deal absolutely we should be a value it's a value it's a value we've yeah. already talked about that but was uh covid specifically that was employed as a means to silence any dissenting viewpoint hmm because how can you fight against this idea of being nice? And that's what I'm here to do today. So the first way I observed uh, be nice getting used is to silence any opposition, to silence any other thought. It's kind of like fighting against clean water. So you name a bill, regardless of what it's actually doing, you name it the Clean Water Act. Well, who, who's fighting against clean water? Be like, I prefer my water dirty and grimy. I prefer to be able to like light it on fire. That's how that's Pop how off, Pop that, off. that's I like how it. I like my yeah, water. It's just gross and disgusting. So you name it something like Clean Water Act. And well, obviously, everybody. So you it's the same thing with be nice. Hashtag be nice. And then anybody who opposes that, well, you're a meanie. By net, if you're opposed to being nice, then that means you're a meanie. So it's used as this just way to silence any opposition. 
The second way I've observed, and this is still uh, currently being demonstrated today, in this uniformity of thought or enforced conformity, this is especially prevalent in the current discussion around sexuality and, gen- and gender. And it's, it's a really big conversation, but we're not even having the conversation because of hashtag be nice. So it's enforced conformity of thought. And l- let me give you an illustration. Uh, this would be the, the don't be an idiot uh, story from today. And, it, and it's not from me or from you. Uh, it's actually from one of my friends. And I'm not going to say his name. Not that any of you would know him. You're going to be nice. I'm I got you. <laughs> <laughs> this friend uh, is a friend from college uh, who is a part of a liberal denomination that is very LGBTQ plus affirming. And he made this post a couple of months ago. And, and I was just like, what? Uh, listen to this post. He says, why am I crying while working on a sermon? Following Jesus is all about love, period. Okay, so far so good. Like, yeah, following Jesus is all about love. I, I wholly agree with that. I was like, oh, that's, that's really good, really beautiful. And then, and then he goes on to say this. If you make it about anything other than this, you're missing the point. Come on. Come at me. I'll fight you on this. That's not very loving, is it? But seriously, I will fight you on this. Do you see the irony there? Here he is as a pastor that's affirming everyone's sexuality and gender identity and and whatever they choose to believe, except for if it's unloving, then he'll fight you. So love is this enforced conformity. He's using that fact that Christianity is all about love, a thing I would affirm. But love does not mean universal acceptance. Be nice is just using this term to enforce conformity of thought on everybody else. And here, my friend used this idea of Jesus as love. It wasn't hashtag be nice, but it was this potent picture of what be nice is doing in our culture. It's silencing any, uh, it's enforcing conformity of thought. The third way I've observed be nice is devaluing of strength. What I mean by that is that anytime you stand up and voice an opinion, anytime, okay, uh, a story from the headline news right now is there's a Marine in prison awaiting trial for murder because he stepped in and choked out a man on drugs who was threatening a train full of people. He was not being very nice. Now, it, it, he, he, the, the man died, so I, I'm not even going to go into all of that there. But like this idea of devaluing strength is that there is no place in a be nice society for a strong person. 
There is no healthy role for someone to say, I have God-given strength to defend and protect because you can't defend. I think of our current bullying movement in school. And there is absolutely, I'm not saying that there's not evil, nefarious bullying. But sometimes what a bully desperately needs is someone to not be nice to them. Mm. Is they need someone strong to stand up and say, what are you doing? This is the exact conversation we had around a sheepdog. A sheepdog is not a nice dog. A sheepdog is a dangerous killer. Now, is he dangerous to the sheep? No. Is he dangerous to other sheepdogs? No. Who is he dangerous to? Who is he strong to fight against? But in a hashtag be nice culture, there is no place for someone aggressively confronting what is wrong. I uh, was curious to find out the etymology, that means the, the history of the word, uh, for the word uh, nice. <laughs> this is fascinating to me. So let, let me just read. This is from etymology.com, uh, looking up the word nice. In the late 17th century, the word nice meant foolish, ignorant, frivolous. It's from the old French, careless, clumsy, weak, poor, needy, simple, stupid, foolish. Uh, fast forwarding to the way it was used even in 1926. It was said uh, to great, uh, to great a favorite with the ladies who have charmed out of all its individuality and converted it to a mere diffuser of vague and mild agreeableness. So that's how it was defined in 1926. Vague and mild agreeableness. Going back to what it currently means and what the dictionary.com, which is kept as current as anything, pleasing, agreeable, delightful. Now, I, I do want to say this. I, I'm not saying... Uh, the, that words always stay the same. And words are constantly changing and developing new meanings. Uh, that is nothing new. Words have always adapted and changed and, and can take on different meanings. So I'm not saying that the way we use nice right now is the same meaning back in the yeah, 13th yeah. century. I'm, I'm not arguing that. But I am interested in the meaning that that word has carried from the past and what it means for us today. Okay. Because I want to ask, was Jesus nice? And by that, I mean, was Jesus pleasing? Was he agreeable? Was he delightful? It depends. That's exactly right. <laughs> it depends. It depends. Just like a sheepdog. Yeah. It depends on the context. Because there's uh, one woman, he said, uh, he, he compared her to a dog. And we can get into that story later if you want to talk about that. But uh, in another story, Jesus sat there and watched people and made a whip and then went in and chased them out of their place of business, destroying, throwing around all of their merchandise while chasing them with a whip. 
He called people things like, you old fox, which in our context just sounds like a, a kid slur, but in that context would have been an aggressive statement, a derogatory statement, a very unnice thing yeah. to say. Whitewashed tombs. Yes, that's another one of my favorites. You yeah. whitewashed tomb. Uh, he said repeatedly, woe to you. That means like death and judgment to you. And he has this whole monologue about woe to you. To the Pharisees, woe to yeah. You. To the scribes and Pharisees. He constantly spoke in things people did not understand. How about that? Like, I'm saying this. Nah, so those, those who have ears to hear, they get it. But those who don't, you won't get it. That's not a very nice thing. We should communicate, you know, exactly what we're thinking and why. Here's this greatest teacher, and yet he's not communicating where everybody can understand. And one of my favorite stories, and it comes, <laughs> the context is so amazing. So Peter, Jesus' disciple, one of his closest friends, has this uh, a mountaintop moment where he literally says, you are the Christ, the son of God. And then the very next story, Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. You opposer of all that is good. You don't have in mind the things of God, but rather the things of man. He repeatedly tells his disciples that those who reject, reject their teachings as he sends them out, he says, you know what you do? You shake the dust off and you leave. That was this symbolic image of so be it. Judgment is on you. You are standing condemned because you've rejected what is true. By the way, Jesus speaks more of hell than of heaven. He's constantly saying in almost every one of his parables end with those who rejected it, those who did not accept it, they burn in hell. That's not a hashtag be nice conversation. That's not something that's kind for people to hear. That's this incredible, just terrible thing. One of my favorite lines here, uh, Jesus is, is called the Prince of Peace. That's a name he has in the Bible. But he also says this. Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 34. He says to, to his disciples, do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. And uh, swords are, are, are weapons of violence. They're weapons that are not used for being nice. No nice guy is ever pictured as carrying around a sword. <laughs> That's just not how it looks. Jesus is saying here, and, and, and a huge theme for, for Jesus and for Paul is the unity that's found in Christ. But there is a very hard dividing line. And this is the point where Jesus is at in Matthew that I've come to bring division between those who are in Christ and those who are not. Those who are in the body of Christ, those who have accepted me and those who have not. I have come to divide people. And he goes into the division of, of father and mother and, and son and daughter and, and, and all of these different divisions he has come to bring. Jesus is this incredibly dangerous, unsafe person. One of my favorite stories in, in all of literature is uh, in, the, in the book, The Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, I know you're a, a big, big fan. Big, big fan, fan too. Mm -hmm. um, and in this story, uh, the, the, there's these children that are le learning about 
this lion that rules the land. He's the son of the great emperor. Mm. And and they're like, but he's a lion. And the beaver's like, yeah. And <laughs> the o- oldest daughter, the pragmatic daughter, looks at him and be like, well, is he safe? And, and uh, the, the beavers, that's who they're having a the conversation with, laugh at her. They're like, no, he's a freaking lion. Of course he's not safe. He's not nice. It's a lion. He, he's not a nice lion. But he is good. He is good. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the place you can find rest for your souls. So Christians, for, for, for us, for me, uh, let's not lift up this virtue that our culture says of be nice, of being agreeable, of being compliant, uh, of just going along with what is said. Let's not uh, be, let's not have be nice used to silence us. And let's not have be nice used to, to just bring this unifer, universal conformity. Let's not devalue strength, but let's look at what the biblical virtues are. That Jesus says. And Jesus, when he looks at, at over Jerusalem, it's one of my favorite stories. He, he looks at Jerusalem and, and cries over it and weeps over Jerusalem. And it says he had compassion for it. Jesus uh, talks about having uh, empathy. That means putting yourself in their shoes. That doesn't excuse them for what they've done. But it does mean you begin to understand them. Jesus uh, uh, in, in the New Testament also commands kindness. Jesus was incredibly tender with those who were tender. And by the way, the, the story of the, the woman that I've referenced earlier that Jesus calls a dog, she comes back at Jesus strong and says, hey, uh, so, so just, I'll tell the story real quick. Jesus, in this, the narrative, Jesus goes way out of his way. And the only story that's recorded is this encounter with this Samaritan woman. And she comes up and asks Jesus uh, to, to heal someone. I, I forget. Uh, and Jesus says, well, uh, can you take the bread from the children and throw it to the dogs? implying that she's a dog and that he won't do miracles for those that are not of the nation of Israel. And uh, just a, a point of reference here, dogs in that society were not these household pets, were not these things that were loved and treasured. They didn't have dogs in the home, except for in the sense that, that they were these just kind of wild scavengers. They weren't treasured like they are now. But she replies, and she says this, she says this right back to Jesus, Right back to the, to the, to this Jewish man who she would have uh, very little ability to even interact with, and she says right back to him, she says, "But you know what? The cr- the dogs do get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. It's it's not nice to talk right back to somebody, but she does. And Jesus says, "Oh my goodness, what amazing faith you have." Why? Because he is a, a kind person. 
In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' greatest sermon, it it covers uh, chapter 5, 6, 7 in Matthew, and it's the longest recorded sermon we have of Jesus. And it begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are, and, and it's this list of blessings, of attitudes that those who have found their identity in Jesus have. And not one of them is angry. We should not be characterized as angry people. In fact, uh, repeatedly, we're told to be joyful people. The joy of the Lord is my strength is a, is a song that I, I sang growing up. Just personally for me right now, one of the things I want to do, one of my goals for the year is to exude hope. I, I want to do a whole podcast on hope and the role hope is in, in the Christian's life. And by the way, that's how we're to be known. First Peter 3.15 says uh, that, that always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Hope. So you can't be this, this angry, aggressive, uh, mean person and also be a hopeful person. We should be leaning in to the biblical virtues of kindness, compassion. And and this one, I want to hit this one just before I I wrap up here, but meekness. Meekness is often portrayed as weakness, but that's not at all what it is. Meekness in in popular conception could be uh, wrapped under be nice culture. But meekness is a Christian virtue. And what that is, is strength properly applied. It's strength saved up for the right time and place. Meekness is a sheepdog who's so safe, who, who's so strong he can defend the sheep, but so humble that he doesn't eat the sheep. He knows the proper time and place. My sort of conclusion and wrap up here is be nice Nice is an unbiblical virtue. It's a wolf in sheep's clothes used to silence and force and weaken both the shepherd and the sheep. I believe nice has come full circle in our vernacular to the point where it's practically the way it's applied in our culture goes back to the way it was used in 13th century France. Be an idiot. And our entire podcast is called Don't Be, as they would say in 13th century France, nice. All right, Jake, where am I wrong? Uh, Well, you're done with your sermon. (laughs) It's no less than a sermon. Uh, Sorry, this has been been building for a long time. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I, I agree. I will be agreeable on most things you're saying. Uh, <laughs> You'll be I, nice. I think, I think the na- danger here is uh, any time that we get worked up about something, typically it's because we're reacting to something we see. Mm. And we're highlighting specific points of the Bible that we want to fit our argument. Yep. Uh, it's called eisegesis uh, for the fun theological. As opposed to? Uh, yeah, exegesis. Uh, exegesis. You can go look, look, and go look that up for yourself. Yep. Um, but... The danger in all of this is, sure, you do not need to be agreeable to all things, but you need to be approachable. 
Jesus was not uh, uh, agreeable to everything. But I, I think people felt, whether through the want to make prove him wrong or his disciples, like he gathered masses. For often, a season. Often. Um, for the, the largest portion of his season he was on earth, he was gathering people. Now he was sending people away. He was saying hard things. Uh, yeah, I, for I, me, I, the people pleaser, I, I think you need to be able to have hard conversations with the people around you, both in your tight circle and those out of your tight circle, right? Like, um, I've been, I, I've had critiques of me, Caleb and I both during, during the COVID time mm. went to the school board professionally, appropriately, mm-hmm. calmly, meekly, mm-hmm. uh, strength under control. I, I didn't mind that definition of meekness. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, strength under control. And just tried to point out some things that we thought were illogical, dangerous, and going to harm our kids. Um, nothing quite brings me into and, the... And other kids. And other kids, yeah. And other um, our, our kids, yeah, yeah, absolutely, other kids. And and we're critiqued about it. Like, that's not what we're about, is what I was told. Mm. Um, okay, sure. I, I, I can understand where it makes people uncomfortable when you say hard things, because everyone mm-hmm. in the room gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I have nothing negative to say uh, about being nice. I just want to be careful not to think that in the same way Jesus was flipping tables and calling people mm-hmm. dogs, uh, he was also gathering little children. Just like you yeah. said, he was gathering the sheep. Uh, yeah. And one of the essences of grace is a super nice thing. In, <laughs> in that uh, you're just absolutely reversing uh, all of the things that I deserved mm-hmm. and he'd taken them. Now he had to be, uh, you know, he had to be forceful in, in like, like grace is not a pretty thing. Grace mm-hmm. is an ugly, dirty thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's super cool. So I'm in, man. I, I, I think so, this is a, this is a super interesting conversation. So. I guess just thinking for, for I, both of us have, I, I think, every, I think it's a universal thing to, to have, uh, to, to want to be liked. Uh, I think I have less of it in me than you. And maybe it's just cause I'm a little bit older. Um, I've been unliked more and I, there's been times when I've been unliked for genuinely, like I, I have no idea why, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just come to terms with that pretty early on. Like I, there's not a list of people that I don't like, but there was some people that didn't like me and uh, for whatever reason outside of your control. Uh, yeah. And so just coming to terms with that, like, uh, one of my favorite stories of this. Do, do you mind? <laughs> oh yeah, go for uh, it. Yeah. This is a, so I was at a youth conference when I was a senior in high school, a big youth conference. And uh, there's this girl I'd kind of been talking with. We were hanging out like in groups. It wasn't like there, there was nothing relationally building there or anything like that. Uh, she was from a different state and everything, but she got really mad at me. And I had no idea why, but like literally we're outside of the, the main session. So there's tons of people in this big hallway coming through and she, she's getting really worked up and I, I'm literally oblivious. I have, no, I, to this day have no idea why, but she looks at me and she screams, you're an oxymoron without the oxy. Yeah. That's a really stupid thing to say. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So I obviously helped the situation by laughing because it was, that was hilarious. 
I don't know why. <laughs> she was very bad at me. Don't know why. Yeah. N- never going to see her again. So coming to terms, that that's a silly story. But like sometimes people just don't like you. And that's, a, that's okay. Yes. I do think, you know, you say likability. I'm not sure if it's it my need to be liked as much as I, th- I think it's important to have your thumb on the pulse of the relationships around you and understanding what is going to like if if you care for the people around you like you want to not walk on eggshells but you mm. want, you want to care for that relationship in that my goal is to you know if this girl is important to me like I I'd want to know Caleb like it would kill me like what did I say <laughs> and, and can I avoid it in the future I guess it's important to me to be able to like no I don't need everyone to like me but I need for me I guess to to try to have a, a good relationship with the people around me. I want there to be calm waters. I, I kind of hear you saying, um, and you can correct this, I don't want to unintentionally offend. Because every time Jesus offends people, every time Jesus he does is hashtag unnice, <laughs> uh, he was very intentional about that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was well thought out. It was not a reactionary careless comment if i have the capability to not unintentionally offend yeah, yeah i meant like i think it's important as a relationship builder and as a connector to be like hey like, I, i'm i'm jumping through hoops here for people like you know one of something i have said a lot and have said it less than the last couple of years like in my family one of our, our visions to things like man we we want people to matter mm. uh and there's no argument in scripture that jesus looked at people and had compassion and they mattered now, sometimes if people matter, that means being, hey, Caleb, and then I say something un- unnice, or hey, to my kids, mm. you know what I mean? Like, hey, I want you to be a functioning adult, so <laughs> it's just going to feel mean for me. So I'm going to parent you and discipline yeah, yeah. you. Uh, yeah, one, one of the things I, I thought needed to be teased out in, in when you were talking is uh, Jesus is love. Oh, yeah, Jesus is love. Mm-hmm. Love is not always nice. That's, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that be nice cannot be your highest virtue. So what do you want me to replace the word with? Because we're, we're defining things different. Like, I think that a lot of Christians, being nice does not mean what you just said it means. I, I think maybe they slip into it. I think, But where, where's the word that you want to use for being a person that's like, sometimes agreeable is a good thing, approachable mm-hmm. is a good thing, like just a good spirit, like that's trying great. to treat people well, uh, trying to be... Mm-hmm. To be meek, to be humble. Yeah. What word do you want to use? Uh, if kindness. It's not nice? Okay. So uh, be kind. Be, be kind, which can, by the way, it, it does get used in the same way that be nice does. Yeah. But at least that word is a biblical word anyway. <laughs> like yeah. it's, words matter. Yeah. And defining your terms matters. Yes. So and, and and just like love sometimes means standing up and saying no, you're wrong. Sometimes means confronting aggressively when you're teaching something that's untrue like he does with the scribes and the Pharisees. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Because as you were talking about uh, building a relationship and, and keeping the relationship, it he is approachable in that he asks questions up until a certain point when it says they no longer questioned him because of how he answered them. So there was a line where they, they stopped even wanting to get into a dialogue with him because they're like, we know what you're going to say and that you're going to make us look. Because their motives were so impure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There are wolves out there. Mm-hmm. There are, there are people who do not have pure motives and that's how I see hashtag being nice 
used most of the time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I got super fired up to have this conversation again. It was clarifying some of my thoughts. When I was listening to this podcast, you recommended uh, called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. it was. I would recommend that to anybody. Uh, yeah. Adults. Adults. Um, specifically in the last couple of episodes where she starts reading the tweets that she got. Yeah. And she says, uh, these are incredibly violent, sexual, explicit, disgusting tweets. Yeah. And she would, <laughs> uh, as a very public figure, this doesn't seem like a very wise thing to do, but she'd look at these tweets. She'd read all of this stuff getting sent to her. And she said, in most of their bios, they had hashtag be nice. While they're sending incredibly violent, explicit, sexual, terrible things that you should never say to any other human being. I cannot think of a single context in which you would say any of these things to another human being. Even, even the worst one. Even I think a you're, wolf. Finding, you're finding the tension right here. The, the, this is where, if any pushback is to be had, this is where it is. Yes. Where is the line in the sheepdog? Mm -hmm. It's the wolf, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, hey... I'm legitimately concerned for this person mm. and I'm not trying to leave a wake of hacked off people mm. because I'm just living a life that's just right. calling out truth. Like yeah. I'm not trying to, <laughs> to leave a wake of, of just, you know, of, of, of hurt people. Like I'm trying to, to legitimately like be nice, be kind, be compassionate, be yes. meek. So I think for Christians, like, and for us, like where, where is the line to mm. where, okay, now I'm going to be the sheepdog. Now this relationship, the value of this relationship has now crossed the line between now it's time for me to stand up. So two things that, that I, I've been thinking about that question a lot. One is if my silence causes people harm. And then two, did I think about it? And I'm going to add a third <laughs> right now. Do I in some way, is it in some way going to lift me up? Like, am, am I doing it for my own fame? So one, is someone going to be harmed by my silence? And, and for- Bully culture stops if you figure this one thing out. Yes. If, if I'm not standing, we talked, I think we even talked in the Sheepdog episode, yeah, like yeah. bully culture stops. Mm -hmm. If quiet people who have the ability to stop- Yes. Stand up. Exactly. And that's, that's better for the wolf. So that's that's where you jump the line. Yes. Jump the line into, okay, I'm, I'm going to come across as a jerk, but this is necessary. Yes. And because the other values outvalue or outweigh, yes. I like it. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then that second one, do it thoughtfully. Have, don't fly off the cuff. That, that's where I can get in trouble. Because I will genuinely be wanting to defend and protect yeah. my God-given role, I believe. But I won't have done it in a thoughtful intelligent way yeah you talk about the differences between us i think one of them is your passion leaks in such a way that it's a super valuable thing yeah but it gets you know where my people pleasing gets me in trouble because i lay down yes your passion gets you in trouble because you do the opposite yeah you're i run like, people over yeah you're like, <laughs> I, i'm just you know uh where people you value yeah yeah it, yeah uh, yeah and, and and what's even worse sometimes is uh i won't have meant to 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it'll just be an accident. And that's super embarrassing. And that's one of the where areas. I, I told you, my, my one of my goals yeah. for the year is, is to, to lead up with hope, is to lead with hope and uh, to be a person that other people are like, oh, he's a hopeful person. Like I think as pastors, uh, especially my role is a little different because of, I think, the youth, like my role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say this for Joe, too. Like, when I hear people talk about you and Joe, uh, I often think, like, you don't really know them. You know a version of them. But if you yeah. would get to know, you know what I mean? And, and, you, and you're not that far. You know what I mean? I'm just like, man, these, because w- w- when I say your passion leaks, I, I think as a church, like the people that I want to follow, I want that passion to leak. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, one of my favorite characters in all of movies <laughs> is Maximus. Oh, yes. From yes. Gladiator. Yes. And what you're talking about, he exists he, like quiet. It's a Roman. It's this Roman. Thing. He's quiet. He's mm-hmm. strength. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's willing to his own detriment to stand up for himself, which is a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and for other people. Maximus, uh, those are the people I want to follow. Uh, I actually, you know, we talk about, I, I, I want to be, people like, why do you want to be youth pastor? I actually think that role fits me the best. I'm not sure I'm fit for some of the, at least at this point in my life for that. He's a, I, I miss that again. Like, like this idea of like of this passion, this like, I'm, I'm willing to stand up and say things that other people aren't willing to say. Like that, that's what comes from the passion of the leader that mm. I want in front of me. I gotcha. I mean? And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, but it's worth, it's yeah. worth, you know, the, the scrapes for the, the payoff at the end. So we talked about the tension, yep. the, you know, uh, silence. Uh, you said you need to be well thought out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then what was that third one you're trying to tease out? Oh, just d- look inside. Like, why are you trying to do this? Uh, again, it, it, it should be that first one. Like if someone else is honestly that third one, I, I can take or leave that. That was, um, uh, I think about back to our COVID stuff. Yeah. Why were we standing why in front of the school board? Why, why were you standing in front of the school board? Genu- are people genuinely yeah. going to be harmed for that? And for, for me, the school board thing, uh, sitting up there and was like, hey, you are leaving behind children. The, 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 the vulnerable ones, the ones whose parents won't be here. Yeah. My kids are going to be fine. Like, yeah, they may be a little bit delayed in some of their learning. Whatever. I will figure it out. But it's the kids for whom public education exists. It's those that don't have the support system the the single moms that are busy trying to work oh no that's and, good and and get this they don't have time to go home and then do all that education stuff you know what was the most frustrating about that situation mm-hmm. wasn't the pop the the the, the, the conversations after the me you know i knew mm-hmm. that it was going to get critiqued i mm-hmm. knew i was going to be criticized and, yep. and you and i talked long and hard about that i remember yep. you warning me like hey man this is outside your normal like <laughs> be ready uh, and it happened yeah it was the other people not willing to stand up, but mm. sci- like telling me, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Yes. Then the, say it. The you know number I mean? of people who came to us and said, that was great. I'm so glad you said something, but they were unwilling to do it. Yeah. It, 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 it's a be nice culture. Yeah. It's I, the culture values being nice so highly that that silences us. Yeah. And then some of that was that people have a hard time standing in front of people. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. Like some I, of this literally yeah. just come in. You and I legitimately do that for a living. So, uh, we talked to th- this is, th- these are the conversations that I think are hard. And, and I'm sitting here thinking about, there's people listening to this that are, you know, triggered for whatever <laughs> way. Join this conversation. Yeah. Uh, just you're mad, whatever it is, you're maybe you're all on the side. Just ask yourself quietly, you know, like, What's my motive here? Why am I yeah. upset? Yeah. So this is really good, man. I, 
I knew you were passionate about it. I like this conversation. Um, I, I have tension in this conversation because <laughs> I want to be nice. Uh, be kind. Be kind. Yeah. So thanks, man. And hey. thanks for all you guys who are listening. Uh, I saw that we're in New York. So it's just, it's my pump of my tires. It may or may not yeah. be Caleb's family, uh, <laughs> but we're going to take it like we're going viral. So, that's right. So thank you to the 45 of you that are listening. <laughs> uh, that's all we have today. So uh, we will see you next time on Don't Be an Idiot. Thank mm-hmm. you.